Hello and welcome to the fourth episode, I think now, fourth already, uh, of the Sales Syndicate podcast. And the first uh, with myself, Jamie Pagan, uh, Demand Gen Manager here at Syligence. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about social selling, which I know has got good rep, bad rep. Um, but hopefully uh, my guest today is going to share all the good about social selling. Um, so without further ado, uh, I will introduce you to um, Aaron Hawthorne um, and I will let him uh, do the rest. Amazing. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. It's been uh, a brief chat beforehand. It was uh, quite exciting. So um, yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, I was, if, uh, for a bit of background for the listeners, we were on a call about two hours ago, and uh, I think I said I had had a fresh haircut. I've uh, trimmed, I've trimmed my mustache, um, and I've uh, brought my contacts in today. So it's, I'm going, f- I'm going fully professional. And then you said, right, I better go and have a shower then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like um, a, a, a cap on a hoodie at there. Better up my game. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we're both looking um, fresh enough for those that are watching um, on on YouTube. But yeah, as, as I say, so we're going to be talking about um, social selling, but specifically sort of the future of social selling or the future of um, your your vision of the future of sales. But before we get into, I guess the the meaty bit uh, of of the episode, do you want to just give us a rundown of yourself, your um, your background, what you're doing now, um, just so we can find out a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not going to all the boring stuff of, of when I was a kid, but um, I was born in Australia, believe it or not. Uh, and for those out there that's probably thinking, where's his accent from? I grew up in Belfast. And then when I was about 1920, I moved to London. Um, I was staying there for about 10, 12 years, and that's where I fell into recruitment. Um, so yeah, so before before sales, before everything that I got into, I was actually um, a game programmer. So I started game programming. Um, I used to build like servers and uh, back end like servers for like Boots and M&S uh, back in the day. And then I, when I moved to London, I got a job at, at Deco, um, which got tubied across to BT. And this is how I fell into recruitment and ended up um, one of uh, one of Adeco's brands was Bay Dr. Clark and a few of the other ones. So I was always talking to like business managers, etc. And they said, oh, you should get into recruitment, get into recruitment. So ended up going for it, um, found a recruitment. And then, yeah, I was there for about six, seven years in recruitment, tech recruitment. And then, yeah, I think once the pandemic hit, I ended up uh, buying the personal brand course from Hoxo. I saw the rise of LinkedIn, social selling. So I was like, I need to get involved in this. I need to understand what's going on here. Um, so I ended up buying the course and halfway through, I ended up then joining Hoxo. Um, and for the last two years, been there. So I joined as a SDR, worked my way up um, to BDM and then ran, ran a team. And then just at the start of this year, now I coach the, the full personal brand um, program for helping recruiters and salespeople build their brands on LinkedIn and really understand how to maximize the time and, and get the most out of it. So that's a real high level snapshot of it. That's mad. I tell you what, you started off there. You said I was born in Australia and I was like, wait, wait a second. The accent, <laughs> uh, the accent doesn't match up there. So you're born in Australia. You um, grew up in Belfast. And then when you were 20, you moved to London. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. The interesting that's... thing. So I was, I was in, I was actually in Scotland for two years at uni and Ended up dropping out of uni because it was game programming and the actual salary for game programmers back then. This is PlayStation 2 days. This is like quite a long time ago. And 
ended up uh, 2008, 2009, moved back home, just outside Belfast, a place called Lurgan, and ended up um, getting this job selling beds. So randomly, like it was a place called Sleep Masters, people come in and sell beds and stuff. Saved up about 940-odd quid. And then literally just packed my stuff and moved to London with like, no job, no nothing. Um, had a place to live. It was like £450 for rent and £450 for deposit. So I had about 40 quid left. Um, but I was always good at talking, always good at like diving in and getting involved and end up getting a job. And, that, that, and like, the £40 went on alcohol, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Forty pounds yeah. on what's that? Probably two pints of Guinness in London, isn't it? Forty quid. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it's about four or five, five pound now, but um, yeah, it's more forty pound. You can do a lot of forty pound if you go for like White Lightning or you know <laughs> cider or something. Like that. I know uni days. You've got a, you've got a re- you've got a reputation to maintain here. White Lightning, blimey. It's all right. We're right, back. so <laughs> so you were you were seven seven or eight years in recruitment. Yeah, so it was uh, six years, um, joined as a junior. So it was, I went into tech market, so tech recruitment. Because I could code, because I could build websites, because I could do all that, I knew the language, I could speak to people, developers on their level. Um, and that was like kind of my USP. Um, so then, yeah, I went in, working my way up through junior into senior, senior into team lead, running the contract division uh, for commercial. So there's another guy, a person called Guy Bevington. He ran the commercial division, both pro and contract, but that was his number two. So I ran contract side, he ran pretty much everything. Um, and then I pretty much got to a place where I was just like, done everything I wanted to do. I wanted something new. So actually one of my clients, I was really good relationship with, and um, probably go out for dinner and drinks and stuff like that. They said, oh, I should go check these guys out. So I joined another company as associate director and then COVID hit. And everything was a bit of up and down. So that's where then I pivoted to like LinkedIn using it. And I really liked Hoxo because they were very forward thinking. They wanted to be at the cutting edge of technology, of what's happening. And I just fell in love with the idea, with the people, with Sean, with Amar, and their vision. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, to which like halfway through the course, I said, oh, Aaron, if you, uh, if you ever were looking, <laughs> give us a shout. And then he pressed it up four weeks later, I was in, in, the, in the business. So yeah. Now, I, I know a few people uh, that listen, it might be thinking you're talking to a, an ex-recruiter or, you know, staffing and recruitment. What does that have to do with sales? But it, it, it is sales, right? It, you're selling uh, you're selling either a new business for someone to work at or you're selling a top tier candidate. So, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're dealing in people and you're dealing in, in businesses, aren't you? Um, and arguably that could be one of the most difficult forms of sales because it's not an inanimate object or a service, is it? Oh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, all sales is tough, right? And you've got the core traits of it, resilience and go-getter and pick up the phone and you know, network and all that stuff. Um, but I think with, with people, cause, cause people can be quite unpredictable. So you're not necessarily just dealing with a particular candidate or top your candidate or a client. It could be stuff outside of that, that will impact their decision. So it's, it's a really interesting dynamic when you're speaking to someone and it's about sales is about some needs and problems and, um, and providing like the actual solution to those needs of what that candidate wants. Like if it's a, a career move, if it's an advancement, you know, it's understanding like all sales, right? 
peeling back the layers, understanding the needs, the wants, the all that stuff to then match up with a particular job, a particular role that suits where they want to go in life. Okay, and then, it, you know, so that was seven or eight years, and then was it just as sort of COVID hit, or just after COVID hit, Hoxo were, like yeah. you said, at the forefront of this new wave of thinking about LinkedIn and, and social selling, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I was I was there at a company called WSS, and then, yeah, COVID hit, like, Feb, March time, right? Awful. And we went remote, working from home, and... If you think about, if you think about LinkedIn, like LinkedIn's usage doubled like that. If you think of people, people, like everyone was used to going to networking events and networking with people and getting involved and going for drinks and all the social stuff that as humans we need. But as soon as we were locked down and, and that, those gates were closed, naturally people had to pivot to kind of like, where do I find people where I can network and I can speak to? And naturally, then everyone went to LinkedIn and social media. And that's where like LinkedIn just absolutely took off, um, where everyone and anyone was going to LinkedIn to try and fill that void, if you will. So I, I definitely saw like LinkedIn, like the usage and, and if all your candidates and all your clients and all the people you want to work with, even in sales, if you've got a particular um, market or persona you're going after, like if they're on LinkedIn, then it's like, well, how do I get myself in front of them? How do I position myself where my solution is, is the solution to their problems? Um, and yeah, so that's where then the rise of LinkedIn and I suppose everyone was going to it and seeing that other people were creating content. And actually before I joined Hoxo, like I'd already known Sean before I even bought the course for about a good six months, eight months. I'd followed him and saw his journey. So it just meant that I felt connected to him before even speaking to him. So you said the you you did you actually had the job offer or had the sort of mention of a job offer if you were part way through the, the the module was it? Yeah, so it was about week week four week five of the boot camp, um, and I started to get a lot of traction trying some of the stuff that they were doing. I could really see like if I can hone in on this and, and absolutely nail it, like. The opportunity can be endless because you can speak to far more people on LinkedIn in one piece of content or blue device seeing it than you can one to one on a phone call. And yeah, just after probably I think week five when we went through one of the modules on content, uh, I think it was Amar. Sean was away and uh, I beef it. Amar said, "Oh, good to see you, Aaron." Sean runs it. Amar's the CEO, and he came in to said, "Oh, Aaron, if you ever..." you know, looking for a job, we might be hiring sometime, et cetera, et cetera. And then after that, I texted him and said, might be interested, love to have a chat, see what the opportunity is. And and then after that, four weeks later, I, there I was. <laughs> so we, we, we've mentioned the name Hoxo a lot. So if you were going to give us the, uh, the on the label synopsis or the description of what Hoxo does in terms of social selling, what would it be? Good question. Um, so there's two parts. Okay, so you've got the agency, which is very much like rebranding uh, recruitment companies. So the look, the feel, the tone, the website, the decks, that sort of stuff. So what people see from a coming to your website, etc. Then you've got the other side, which is me and John Ron, which is the academy, which is personal branding for recruiters. So how do we help people have a strategy on LinkedIn to use it 
to get the most out of it. So it's focused because what we find is a lot of people love LinkedIn, go to it, end up then not really like scrolling or wasting time or not having like an actual strategy to get yourself in front of the, the right people that they want to speak to. Um, and it's that gap of, okay, well, they know they need it. They know the clients and cancer are on there. So how do we help them like position themselves where they can open up conversations to be more visible, be, for them to be more aware, and then to generate conversations uh, with, with people in the market, yeah. Okay, then. So uh, take, taking that into account, then. So you've been at Hoxo less, what's it, two, two and a half years? Yeah, just gone up to two and a half years, yeah. And in those two and a half years, because we'll, I guess we'll, uh, that leads us nicely into the, into the chunky bit of the chat, which is your vision for the future of sales, um, you know, off the back of that big sort of change for you moving from, uh, moving from recruitment into, uh, into Hoxo and actually focusing all of your time, um, effort and career growth on, on social selling. So if we were to just kick off that portion of the chat then, so your, your vision, um, for the future of sales in terms of social selling, where, where, where would you want to start in terms of quantifying that? It's a, it's a great question. It's a big question. You can start in so many different places, but I feel, so I've been old school sets, okay? Meaning list of a hundred people, but just a phone, bang, I'm rinsing through them, okay? And that's very much cold calling approach, okay? Where you just ring people and, and try and get through to as many people as possible to try and build up relationships. And that still works to, to today. But I feel that the way sales is going and the way people are adopting to technology, to, to social media, that people who have a plan and actually move towards to use these tools to their advantage, alongside still doing phone calls and emails and everything else they're doing, are going to have a better advantage because they're going to be more aware from the people in their market to know who they are. So the game, the game's still the same, but the tools and how they play it is going to be different. It's like, if I said to you, okay, name me like the number one fizzy drink in the world. Who would you say? Yeah, co Coca-Cola. Why though? Why Coca-Cola? Uh, for me, honestly, the first thing I think of is the Christmas ad. <laughs> I mean, it isn't your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's the branding, right? And, but in the same breath, you still had, you had Dr. Pepper, you had LucasAge, you had Red Bull, you had Pepsi, you had all these other big brands. They still pump a lot of money into advertising, but everyone goes to Coca-Cola because of the brand, because of the name, the reputation, etc. And taking a side note, if I said to you now, okay, right, over the last 12 months, have you received a phone call from someone trying to sell you a product or service that, you, that you've never heard of? Uh, not necessarily a phone call, but many, many uh, in-mails or emails. Emails, right. So... Majority of people would, would receive a phone call or someone trying to sell them a product or service. And, and then the next question is, well, did you buy? Uh, no, none of them. No, why not though? Um, I, honestly, I, I shared a post on my LinkedIn probably a couple of months ago. Uh, and I said, uh, it was something like, you know, if, if you reach out to me and tell me that you can solve my problems without actually knowing anything about me or knowing any of my problems that I may or may not have, because you don't know how well I'm doing or how well things are going, mm. I'm not going to reply to you. That's not the way to go about it. 
right? And and the way way sales is going now is changing because everyone gets phone calls trying to sell insurance or phones or whatever it is, right? And what tends to happen? Like most, I'm busy, not interested, don't know them. There's no trust there. Whereas if I rejig that question, I said, okay, say you've been following someone for six months online, you like their content, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, and then they phoned you. Are you more likely to entertain that conversation about the product or service? Yeah, hundred percent. Of course, because but why? Because you've been following, you're more aligned to them. You you can probably relate to them on different levels. You probably remember where they're from or some stuff that they put online. And it's, I think, the way sales is going is how do you become Coca Cola online? Not just through LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a big part of it, for sure. But seeing the trends of TikTok going into business and even. You know, yes, LinkedIn or even Instagram Reels depends on where. If you're out there and you're salesperson and you're sitting there going, "Well, my market's not really on LinkedIn," then go. You can still have the same growth across different platforms. But I, I think the future of sales is how do we get ourselves as individuals? You've got the company branding, brilliant. But as individuals, you are your own marketeer as a salesperson. You're, you're selling your services. You're marketing your services. So if you're not out there. Um, Saying stuff that you would already say on the phone or face to face online and, and, and letting people there's a have you ever heard of the um the the buyer's journey? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So if you, you look at anyone buying a product, there's normally about five different processes they go through. Okay, which is you're gonna be made aware of a product or service. Right? Someone's gonna it's gonna be out there, it's gonna be on LinkedIn, or it's gonna be on TikTok. Then then you're going to either consider it. Should I buy it? Should I not? You'll probably look at research, look at content or whatever, and you'll, you'll do your own due diligence. Then you're going to decide, I'm going to buy it or I'm not going to buy it. Then what happens is then you're going to um, adopt it. So you bought it, you're going to adopt it. You're going to use the product, use the service. And then at the end, you're going to be an advocate of that product or service. So to give you an example, let's say, let's say a book, right? Amazon book. You, so you're going to be made aware of this book somehow. Then you're going to be considered, do I buy it, do I not? You're going to look at the reviews. You're going to check it all out. Then what will happen is then you decide, right, I bought it, waiting for it to be delivered. Then you're going to um, adopt it. You're going to read the book, get the learnings, etc. And then you'll probably be down the pub or somewhere and you'll probably tell someone else about that book. So within any product, you still follow that same product, even if it's a chocolate bar. Do you know what I mean? It, you, you're going to be made aware. Like so you'll probably see it online. You see it on an advert. You'll see it on a billboard. You see it somewhere. You're going to be made aware from it from somewhere. Then you're going to consider, right? Do I do I need this chocolate bar right now? Do I need a Mars bar right now or Snickers? And you you might be at the gym. You might be losing weight. You might be doing all that stuff. So all these factors come in. Then you say, right, I need it. I'm a bit down. Need a sugar spike. Boom. You're going to buy it. You're going to adopt it. You're going to eat it. And then you're going to be down and speaking to people and. You know, over lunch or something, they're like, oh, I just need something, something sweet, something savory. And you're going like, yeah, get a Snickers. You know, you're not you when you're hungry. Do you know what I mean? So you still. Yeah, this, this is this is not sponsored by Snickers in any way. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but the same process is no. If you take those five areas and you understand your sales question now, you've got a product or service that you're selling, you're going out to your market. If you understand that they go through that journey when they buy a product and you're sitting there going well how do i create content if you can create content to make people aware to make people that can consider that 
you know, showing them other people that have considered it and bought it, made a decision, other people that are adopting it, their learnings, etc., or testimonies, all this stuff. You can really have a, a, a plan in terms of content to then put out to your market for them to find. Because going back to that question, if, if, you, if you're sitting there now and you've got, you've had a phone call, someone trying to sell you a service or a product, right? You've not bought it, but you're quite interested. You're in a bit intrigued. What are you going to do next? Well, you're going to have either a look at them on LinkedIn or the, the company on LinkedIn. Yeah, you're going to do your research, your diligence, right? So if, if, if you're going to do that for yourself, your customers are going to do the exact same thing. So if you can then understand the journey they go through, understand they're going to do due diligence and research, and then you're in a position, not just necessarily from a company, but from your own individual, and then putting content out with, uh, along those five areas, you're making it easy for them to go, now you do that consistency over time. It's not just doing it once, it's consistency. And the number one reason is to build trust. No one's going to work with you that don't trust you. And how does trust get built? Through relationships, through talking, from personal stuff, from showing demonstrations of, of people using it and what they found from it, etc. Yeah, so I, I was going to say, like, for, for, for those for those listening when you i think when you say personal branding whenever i see the phrase personal branding i think yeah. obviously that's a you know it's a phrase that's been coined to sort of summarize it but it, it's it's not necessarily personal branding is it it's just being your authentic self um with with your network isn't it and in doing so like you've said you've built that affinity and that trust naturally like you would in real life situations and that's personal branding that it's not this fancy uh yeah this this i think this phrase makes it sound like something that's going to be really really difficult for you to do yeah and and you'd be surprised the amount of people that that think that like it's just personal stuff and but yeah the the the, the phrase personal branding has really only like you say been around you know it's been caught in it's been around a couple of years now but if you think about it you've always had a personal brand always it's so what makes you stand out from your group of friends, from your interests, what you're about, the information. You've always done it. You've always had a personal brand between your mates, etc. So when you look at like likes of LinkedIn, like you're not being anyone else. It's about how, how do you position yourself online about who you would already be? So again, you got to look at LinkedIn like a networking event. Say you had 100 people, okay, right now in a room. How would you approach that room? If you're sitting there going, oh, I don't know, um, I don't really want to put out content stuff, then literally you're going to a networking event and standing in the corner and eating pizza. But naturally, you wouldn't do that, right? You'd go up, hey, I know me, I'd be like, hey, my name's Aaron, what's your name? And I would enter in the call. Same as what most people would do. Who are you? You would talk about the market, you would talk about yourself, what you're up to, introduce all that stuff to, to generate conversation and opinions and debates and what you got, they'll probably ask you what you do as a business. Now, it's a combination of what you would already do face-to-face -face or on the phone, whatever, online. And then it's about transitioning. So, yeah, it's not reinventing the wheel. But why, why is it important? Well, you can have business branding, which is great. But from an individual perspective, you're, people connect with people. And if you can spend like half an hour a day just doing specific, like really simple stuff on LinkedIn, like and do it consistently, over time, your market will get to know you, and therefore that impacts your sales. Because 
it doesn't replace the phone. What it does is when you pick up their phone, they may have saw your content. They may have picked up some stuff. Like, like you follow Sean, right? I, I do, yeah, I do. Okay, cool. So if I said to you then, in the last couple of weeks, what has he been doing? Uh, he's not been working, has he? He's been on his, uh, he's been on his honeymoon. Honeymoon, he got married, yeah. Now, have you ever spoken to Sean on the phone? Uh, yesterday, I did, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, cool. But prior to yesterday? Uh, once or twice, yeah. Once right, ages ago, right? Now, what it allows you to do is, you might have spoken to him, what, six months ago, a couple of months ago, whatever, right? Yeah. Now, as salespeople, we always want to be front of mind of our customers, of our clients, whatever. And what, what social selling and, and producing content, being visible online, like Coca-Cola, allows you to be present to, to the masses, okay? So even though you, yes, you spoke to Sean yesterday, but prior to that, it might've been a month ago, it might've been whatever, but the fact of the matter is, he's front of your mind because you know he's been away, you know he's, he's been, got married, he's been on his honeymoon, you know, you can you, you feel kind of, and then the next time you speak to him, what then happens? Oh, hey, Sean, how is the honeymoon? So it's, again, it's not necessarily about um, constantly, I suppose, you know, putting out all personal stories, just what's happening in your life, okay? Like stuff you would tell people, it doesn't need to, the word personal, it doesn't need your biggest, darkest, deepest secrets. It could be- per Personal, personal is just, it's just yours, you, isn't it? You. Just personal in that it's, it's your content, your true self, not anyone else's that you're stealing, right? Um, yes, and also it's, it's to differentiate between the business and you. Because you've got the, the business branding, the marketing and stuff like that, but then you've got the individual branding, um, which is, is called this personal branding. But yeah, so it's a multitude of, yes, personal, like who are you? How do you, do you think your best relationships are with clients, whatever, right? You, the number one thing is to build trust, right? You're not going to work with anyone that doesn't, that you don't trust. And how do you build that? Through personal stories, right? Look at your best relationships. You probably know, you know, the partner's name, the cat's name, the dog's name, the best football team, the Formula One team, all this stuff that we would collate to then use at a later stage to build commonality, to build rapport, all that stuff. And again, it's the same, same dynamics on LinkedIn. It's just rather than a one-to-one -one every day, you know, 10, 10, 15 calls, whatever, you're using LinkedIn to then, then what happens is when people engage with your content and actually relate to it, you can use that as a springboard into a conversation. Because if you're sitting there now, you're in sales and you're sometimes we'll hit a brick wall, right? Or you phone someone, sorry, I'm in a meeting, busy, don't know you, go away. Whereas if you can then use the content, hey, we'd appreciate, you know, you engage with it, love to have a chat with you sometime and then start the conversation off based on content, based on why they interacted. And it just takes the relationship in a different, uh, in a different uh, track. Right then. So personal branding, uh, I think there's, uh, I heard some, I heard someone say recently, uh, you know, personal branding, you, you only really build it if you want to, um, move jobs, you know, pro pro progress in your career. People only do it because they want to make themselves look better on, on LinkedIn so that they can move on. So what, what is it about personal branding in, in the sense that we're talking that helps you be better at selling? For the for the job that you're in right now, um, 
Good question. It's, it is going to be around the relationship of, of getting your foot through the door. Okay. So say it was me versus someone else, right? We're doing the exact same job. And I'm not saying that phone calls and emails do not work. They do. Right? I'm a big advocate of it. But if you can add, like, say, half an hour to your day just doing this over time, I'm, I'm, my name is going to be in front of a lot more people. And it doesn't replace the phone. What it does is it moves it down the chain so that when you do pick up the phone, I'm going to have more fruitful conversations. People are going to get to know me, give me the time of day. And I'm going to build, like, what, what is it? Your, your, your network is your net worth and all that stuff, right? So the more people you know or know you, and then, again, tying it into the awareness, the consideration, the, the decision, the, all that stuff, then how does that help sales? Well, then they're going to entertain the conversation. They're going to get to know you. And think of the amount of people if you're out there that you spoke to week in, week out for like six months, they got to know you over the phone. And then after six months, then you booked in that meeting. It's the exact same process. How do you do that? But then also online where people get to know you so that then you can open up the conversations to then get your foot through the door with a lot more people. And you don't know, you don't, like you could put something up about, I don't know, football or about you know, going skiing or going on holiday or, you know, a problem that you serve, your product fixes for most people, whatever it may be. And you could be connected with someone or not connected with someone. They might see it. And then what happens is that might resonate with them and then they're compelled to then reach out. I, I had it three days ago and it was actually me buying. So there's a company out there and I won't mention, mention the name just for um, obviously obvious reasons. They, uh, the lady, the head of sales put a post up about just about remote working and stuff. And I'm, I'm fully remote. And I was like, that's, that's a great idea. And I watched the video, it was like 30 seconds. And then I commented at the bottom and I just asked her a question. Then I DM'd her, never spoken to the girl before in my life, DM'd her saying, I just checked out your, your, your company, what you guys do. Like, I'm really interested in, in having a chat. And what they do is they, for remote workers, rather than being stuck at home, they, they give you discounts for like hotels or places to go and work from. So rather than like a going to uh, an office where you, it's a shared office and you have to pay for it, it's completely free. They give you discount on coffee, discount on food and stuff like that. So it's, and it's, it's not that expensive, but within 10 minutes I'd signed up and bought it. And that's all from, she didn't have to do anything. She literally just put a video up and had quite a lot of engagement already. People message, I messaged her bang, into a team's call. 10, 15 minutes, show me the product, go, whatever's that? And I'm actually going there to, and going to one of the places tomorrow to check it out. So it does, as I said, it doesn't replace the phone. You're still going to do your calls, still going to do your prospecting and your emails and your sequences and you know, your lead generation, all that stuff. But what it does, it adds that extra layer on for people to be aware of who you are and what you do, get to know you on a personal level. And then spread that over over time, so then people can be more aware of what what you do and how you do it. And then it's up to you as a salesperson to spot that opportunity, you know, DM, etc. Yeah, because it, it it makes complete sense to me from a um, so my background is marketing, and I, I sort of my day to day is spent focusing on demand gen, and like one of the sort of principles behind demand gen is that you provide educational valuable insightful content in order to create demand and in doing so you build trust and affinity and 
when your ICP to your ideal customer is ready to buy and maybe looking at a product or service that you offer, you're front of mind because they've been relying on you the last six months for the quality content that you've been producing. And it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? That's the, that's the brand of the company, that's the company brand. And what we're talking about here is just the flip side of it. It's the, the personal brand, right? Yeah, exactly. But as, as individuals, you're still doing all that stuff. I guarantee anyone out there that's not on LinkedIn, not producing content, I guarantee you, just sit there and think to yourself, right? How much information do I give away for free in a proposal, in a demo, in a call? Loads, loads. And you're giving it away for free. And it's that stuff that if you're know, onto one to one, if you look at a day, you could probably speak to what, 10, 12, 15 people a day, good conversations. Well, you can reach thousands on LinkedIn. And if you're already doing it and saying it on, on the phone, like it's no difference than writing it in words, invoking a lot of emotion, it's caught all that stuff, putting it on LinkedIn and actually then trying to generate engagement and conversation off the back. Again, if you know, like, uh, I'm trying to compare that's like, it's basically that's ungating your content because the, the, for, for someone to have to come on a call to get that information, you're essentially gating it, aren't you? And for me as a marketer, it's the, the whole movement now is ungated. You just give it for free. They enjoy it. They keep coming back for more. Yeah. Because if you give it away for free, they're like, you know Aaron said that I've, tr- I've literally just tried that. That worked. He's, he's an expert. I'm going to go back to Aaron for more. Mm-hmm. If he's giving me that advice and I've tried it and it's worked. Boom, uh, you know, and then say, say people like it or engage with it, then okay, right. they're showing you, they're showing you as an individual that they're engaging with you. That to me is a flag saying, great. Uh, there's your, there's your lead, your lead capture. Right? It's exactly the same as lead, lead, lead generator or lead magnet. You know, you have something of value, download, capture the data and off the back of that, away we go, right? Simple from business marketing, but exact same process, just different, different way of doing it. The the whole chat was sort of about uh, your vision of the future of sales. So taking into account the last sort of 10, 15 minutes of of discussion then. So your vision for the future of sales is what? Like in in a couple of minutes or in a nutshell, what is your vision for the future of sales? I think as salespeople, like the phone and everything's not going to go away. But the future of sales for me is how do you be more visible from an individual perspective to your market through uh, social media, okay? So yes, LinkedIn being one, but we're seeing the rise of TikTok now. We're seeing the rise of, you know, going back um, to 2013, I think it was um, Chris Walker. He's quite influential on, on LinkedIn. He talked about, you know, if you go back to 2013, Google was the only place that you could search for or search for information, right? But we're in 2022 now, and technology's moved on, everyone's moving on, and you've got, what, Google, you've got LinkedIn, you've got TikTok, you've got Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, you've got podcasts, you've got all these plethora of different sources for information. And if people are out there searching for it, and the way people buy is they don't want to be sold to. 80, 85, 90% of people, when you first contact them, they're not going to buy. So we have to be in a position and you have to be in a position to like, make people aware about what you do, how you do it, etc. And if you can add that to your arsenal in a day on top of the phone calls, the emails, the lead magnets, everything else that the business is doing, 
that's going to replace the people that just do phone calls. So what we're saying then is, because there's, you know, there's been all this um, chatter of cold calling being dead, blah, blah, blah. Right. So your core functions are, as a sales, uh, as a salesperson, salespeople, as, a sale, as sales reps is not going to change, but it's your responsibility. Um, well, not necessarily your responsibility. It's in your best interest to build those connections, those genuine real world connections by being yourself, personal brand, whatever you want to call it, in order to excel in today's world of sales and, and moving forward. I think so. The more people like the more people that know you, right? Your 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 game right now as a salesperson is to make sure everyone in your market by phone email knows who you are. Again, front of mind. Whether that's picking up phone, email, etc. So the game's still the same. Again, it's about then adopting social social selling, branding, and actually being visible and talking directly to you, the market. I I do agree with cold calling being dead on the on the the fact that most people when you call them for the first time, the response is always going to be along the lines of "I'm busy, I'm in a meeting, not interested, go away." So. The game is then how do I make that call warm before I call? How do what do I, what am I doing to then leverage information that I've already got so that they're aware of who we are, what we're doing, that they can show me signs that they're engaging with me or the business or whatever that gives me the green light to then pick up the phone. Now I would much rather pick up the phone to someone that's commented on my content and say, Oh, I really appreciate that comment, like love to have a chat with you, whatever. And then you, that's a springboard into like, I was checking out your profile. I saw you did this and did this, like you ever thought about this and you can still certainly sell, but the conversation is going to be more fruitful rather than me just randomly calling them out of the blue saying, Hey, it's Aaron from Hot Tour. I've got this, not interested, go away. So there's, um, I, I was, I was looking at your, um, LinkedIn profile naturally as you do, you know, you've, you've <laughs> built, you, you've built your personal brand. I was, uh, and I was looking at, um, the number of followers you have. And um, now I know, you know, in the society that we live in, life is not about the number of followers that you have um, on a screen, but give me some, some background behind your journey in building that, th those followers. So I think off the top of my head, it was like 12 and a half thousand. So when you went, when you first joined Hoxo, how many followers did you have? Oh, probably about a thousand. Cool. So you've built 11,000 11, followers in the last two and a half years by doing exactly what you believe in. So yeah. how? 11,000 followers. Um, so it's just daily consistency, right? Knowing who's your audience, who are you going to try and who do you, who do you work with? Like if you're, if you're in sales and you're like, right, we only work with e-commerce companies, but in those e-commerce companies, we only work with HR or we only work with, you know, CTOs or dev managers or whatever, right? Then what's your daily, if you're on LinkedIn spending on the average time for salespeople and recruiters out there is four hours a day, which is a lot, that's 50% of your time. Guaranteed, most of it's gonna be scrolling or looking at dogs and cats and stuff, <laughs> as, as most people do. Um, but if that time is on LinkedIn, like what are you doing with it? How are you growing your network? Now, 11,000 doesn't seem much in the grand scheme of things in terms of, there's other people out there with hundreds of thousands, great. But if they're targeted, and if I, what I've done is I've built it up every week, every day, consistently with the right type of people, then what I'm doing is I'm producing content that targets those people. 
Now that's where then the engagement gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over time. Um, so it's just literally having a strategy every day. What am I doing? Who do I want to be in front of? And how am I growing? And that, that point you made about consistency, there's a, uh, one of my favorite books that I've read is um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Cool. I, I, have, you, have you read it? I take it with the nods that, that you've read it. Yeah, it, I need to reread it. It's one of those ones that you, you read, you sit down and then you, you have to go back and read again. Yeah, and the, one of the basic, I think one of the whole chapters, right, is is that consistency is is key. So if you were to go to the gym once a week for half an hour, mm. you could also go to the gym five days a week for 10 minutes. It's a lot less, it's a lot easier to manage, but because you've, you're going there more often at a more consistent, consistent rate, the results that you're going to get out the other end are a lot higher. Uh, and I think there was a formula in there. It's like, if you do one thing 365 times then you get 365 if you do 1.01 things 365 times so a tiny 0.1 change per day then you're going to end up with a much larger number and it's those tiny little incremental consistent things that you can do so i think um yeah in terms of that consistency um yeah i can definitely see how that would be the, the main driver behind behind those results yeah I think the main thing with, with it is there's a, a lot of fear behind of what will my market think of me? What if, will they, what if I say something stupid? What if I look like an idiot and stuff like that? But it's, that's just fear holding you back from, from actually selling. And I would always say to people, like, go back to the first couple of weeks of recruitment, of sales, where you're picking up the phone to people. All right? That feeling of picking up that phone what will they think of me? What if I say something wrong? What if they ask me a question I don't know and all this stuff? Now, I give you someone who's been in sales now six months or a year. I give you a list of 100 people that are relevant, specific people to your market, who you want to work with. How quickly are you going to go through that list? Like that. You're going to boom, you're, you're reach through it. Now, what's the difference? The only difference is experience. And it's going to be the consistency element of it from the from day one of having a particular having maybe a script or something to fall back on or lean on, so that you you become consistent, right? And growth lies in the area of uncomfortness, if you, if you will. So it's the same with content. If you're sitting there going, "I haven't done it," and all these thoughts are going through your mind, great. I would expect that you haven't done it before, and you only know what you know. So it's about then understanding the value of it why you need to do it and then following a process to, that gets you through that um that phase of that fear builds up your confidence to the point where you're just like this is this is like second nature and again that's within the consistency element comes in is like okay we need to do it every day great well, what's the strategy to fall back on it's the same as the day plan if you don't have a day plan you walk into your day of, of sales you don't know where you are or what you're doing or how you're doing it very quickly, you're going to get nothing done. Whereas very, very much I've got my diary, it's all labeled out. It's got color coordination. I know exactly what I'm doing at each hour. And that's where then I can be consistent every day following the same process. Same with content, same with engagement, using LinkedIn. Okay. Then. So just to, I guess, uh, start the sort of wrap up portion um, uh, of the episode. So I've got, um, I mentioned to you that I was going to ask you, um, to, to make a prediction 
for the future of sales in 2023. But before, just before we get to, to that question, I'll, I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it whilst yeah. we're <laughs> what the, the next bit. But I just want to do a really quick recap of the stuff we covered. So your vision for the future of sales is that um, personal branding is key, right? So can you just give a, a really quick rundown again um, what personal branding is? Yeah. So personal branding is a, an extenuation of who you are as a person, what you do naturally in the day. And then how do we then help take it from what you already do to then across to doing it online? So that's conversations, that's information, that's who you are, and just a representation of you digitally um, to the market, to the people that you want to actually engage with so that you're more visible, more aware, and from the engagement, from the, the actions of your customers or people you want to work with, how are you then you know, building relationships, setting up conversations off the back? Brilliant. And in, and in doing that, you're building trust and affinity, which naturally is going to make your job easier. That's what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. It's the same, same process of what you would do going into the network. Right. You probably talk about yourself, about the business, about the market, what it's all doing, causing conversation, debate, asking questions, giving advice, that stuff. How do we take now, what you don't know? What is the single starting point to because you know I, I i can be my authentic true self on social media but like you said you're gonna yeah. feel like a you're gonna feel like a tit half the time so just, <laughs> just 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 that like day one is it just a case of trying it and learning and just repeating is that it yeah test i i'm i'm even constantly testing now different ways of writing content etc so the personal brand's always evolving, it's evergreen, right? And as the algorithm changes, you have to move with it. Uh, but if you're sitting there day one, it's about then having a strategy, understanding the long-term goal. Now, at the minute, you can only really like actually network two and a half thousand people a year because um, 100, 100 people a week, right? So you got to sit there and think, well, if I grow my market, and if I get two and a half thousand people, will that, if that's relevant, will that move the needle? Will that move your business forward? Um, and most people say yes. So if you're sitting there and you understand the long game and, and building that over time, then don't worry about day one. Right? See them as sales. Going in, walking in, first day, you're excited to do it, picking up the phone, you're going to make a little mistakes, great. Because mistakes, that's where you learn. But as, as long as you represent yourself online of who you actually are and don't try to be someone else that you're not just for, you know, likes and engagement and that sort of stuff. I would rather have someone come in that I coach, train them to get, you know, and they get 10 likes, but all 10 of them are relevant people than getting a hundred likes of irrelevant people. Yeah. There's um, uh, one of the guys in the office actually said something to me once, I think it's quite relevant to, to this, just getting started and doing it and, and, and learning. And he basically said that you've got to get, or the person, the person that gets the most no's also gets the most yeses. And the, mm. the, the, the example he was given was if you, if someone's calling 10 times a day, they've got less chances of getting a yes than someone who's calling a hundred times a day. You might get 99 fails, but you know, same goes for, for just being your true self online. Right. So you, the more you do it, it, you, you know, the majority of them might not do well in terms of performance or likes or whatever, but the people who post more and are more consistent mm. with it are far more likely to get the yeses to, to do well. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
And, and who's going to learn more out of those two people? The person who calls 100, the person who calls 10. Yeah, exactly. So, right, so you, you, you've had now, I'd say, uh, I'm looking at my clock, it's about, that's about three minutes you've had to think about your, oh, you're going you're gonna to stick your uh, flag in the ground, whatever the saying is, right, to make a, hmm. a prediction for 2023 in terms of the future of sales. So what is going to become fashionable? What's going to become the standard? What is your prediction, big or small, for sales yeah. in 2023? So there's, there's going to be no getting away from core sales of calls and emails. But what I think is going to happen is a lot more people are going to um, start to build more personal branding and actually taking days from a sales team to talk about content. And then what's going to happen is you'll have, because you've got a plethora of different social media platforms, like yes, LinkedIn, but they're going to start to combine, I believe, that it's already starting to happen. Like TikTok, like to drive business as a funnel into LinkedIn, to then drive more funnel into conversations, engagement. So what I think a salesperson will look like in 2023 is someone who, um, who's going to be using social media to their advantage to their market, i.e. on TikTok, talking about the same sort of stuff that we're talking about today on LinkedIn, and then um, using that across social media brands. If, if, if your customers are on Instagram, great, do that. If they're on Pinterest, great, do that. If they're on just LinkedIn, go stick to that. But I think... And what we're finding now is a lot more people are spending half a day or a few hours a week as a team to talk about how, what are we actually putting out there to make people aware of who we are so we can capitalize on that, capitalize on the engagement to then generate conversation. Because if someone's like, if someone downloads your um, lead magnet, that's an indication they're, they're interested, right? To see someone engaging with your content, it's, it, they're showing interest. They like what you're saying. And if someone likes what you say, and then you go off and, and book a call off the back of it, the amount, of time, the amount of times people do that, like that we're teaching just on LinkedIn, but I think it's going to go even further than LinkedIn. I think it's going to spill more into business TikTok, individual TikTok, um, that will be cross-pollinated across uh, LinkedIn. And, uh, I think that's where we're going to be going. And uh, do you think that we'll start to see job descriptions that actually list it as a desired skill? people who are comfortable in being active in personal branding online? Ooh, great question. So it's the old adage of um, you know, bring a horse to the, the water, but you can't make a drink, right? So if someone is is just, no, I'm not interested, I've, always, I've done well, I've always done it this way, great. Like, there's no point in forcing them to do it. Um, so I would always... Um, I don't know if it's going to be an actual requirement, but I'm seeing a lot more businesses pushing it and pushing their individuals to build the brand. And what that does is not just about your customers. The caveat to that is it builds, it attracts people to the business because people that want to do it. And if you're providing training, you're providing, you're doing all this stuff. Look at the, the age of people coming through now that are getting in sales. They're all over social media. They're not on Facebook for sure. Facebook's gone, but they're all over everything else, right? And if they're all over that and they're used to it and putting themselves out there, then you giving them a plan to do that to then generate business for your business. Like, yeah, that's where I think then TikTok's going to come into it. So I don't think it's going to be part of a job description. I do think it's going to be a, a nice to have where. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be one of those like little 
plus signs next to your name if you're if the if the only differentiator is that you've got a good personal brand and you're very happy in doing that ultimately if they've got two people that got exactly the same qualifications and exactly the same skills that's going to be a little bit of an added bonus isn't it yeah and again it, it's great for them from a business um growth if you're sitting there going right next year we're going to grow by 20 30 people and who do you want in sales people is it going to be these you know 20 25 year olds like these people coming out of university coming into sales like what are they used to what are they doing every what, they're on tiktok they're scrolling so you know giving them a platform to then create content not curate it away we go i know i'm excited uh, yeah, I'm going to hold my hands up now and say that I've actually just really started investing time into doing it because I always used to post on Instagram, but when it came to LinkedIn, like you said, I did feel a bit like, oh God, it's a bit, I look a bit of a tip doing it, but I've, I've started doing it now. Um, I would say yeah. in the last, in the last few months, um, mainly talking about this podcast, which has been very easy to talk about because I'm spending a lot of time doing it. And I think, um, I'm going to hold myself accountable. You can hold me accountable. Um, and we are going to do, um, we are going to do more episodes, uh, with yourself. Um, nice. he's, yeah, he doesn't look happy there. He's like, Oh God, another, <laughs> yeah. another hour. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, but we are going to do, um, uh, at least a, a few more episodes. And I think we've, we've talked about really just maybe going into a little bit more depth about, um, how people can actually j just get started. You know, we're not going to give them the, the 101 pages of, of doing it, but how they can get started, because I think that would be really, really helpful. But um, no, ma a massive thanks for coming on uh, episode four, one of, one, of the, one of the first guests of the podcast. And uh, hopefully um, we will have you back on very, very soon. No, enjoy it, mate. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. Um, so thank you for listening to the podcast uh, um, and tune in again next week for another episode. Um, I think next week's episode, actually, we're going to be talking with Sean, that, that who's featured quite a lot in, in this episode. So, um, yeah, yeah, Sean will be Sean will be coming up next. Um, so make sure you tune in to the next episode.